0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Live Through Jesus with Courtney Gilmore. On this episode, Moses and Aaron go to Pharaoh and tell him to let God's people go, and Pharaoh's resistant. And then we talk about which master we should serve. Exodus 5, Lesson 6 of the Exodus Study. Now, just as a quick side note, I'll be reading all the scripture references for you, so you're free to just sit back, listen, and absorb, or you can grab your Bible and read along. Most of the time, I'll be reading from the New King James Version, but if I switch, I'll let you know. At the beginning of each episode, I'll introduce the title, so if you want the entire study and writing, you can go to livethroughjesus.com and buy it for under $5. Each one will cover two to three months' worth of episodes— And once you buy, then it'll be immediately available for download. In addition to a little extra studying, it also allows you the benefit of some charts and keyword definitions, but it isn't necessary. Okay, so let's get started. Before we get started, I just want to let you know that I still don't have the written study done, so I'll let you know whenever I do. As a reminder, last week we talked about Moses leaving his father-in-law Jethro and him and Aaron meeting. And whenever Moses left, he took his staff in his hand and God told him, remember to do all of the miracles that I told you to do with this staff. But I'm reminding you that Pharaoh is not going to let the people go and He tells us for the first time that he is going to harden Pharaoh's heart so that he can magnify himself. And so that's a little bit of a difficult topic, and I can't explain any more of it now. So if you didn't listen to that episode, you're going to want to go back and listen to that. We will be talking about God hardening Pharaoh's heart as we go through this entire lesson. We also talked about just being children of God and what it's like to be his child and what it's like whenever we're opposed to him. So if you missed that episode, you might want to go back and listen to it. Today, they're going to go to Pharaoh. And so we'll begin reading in Exodus 5 and we'll read 1 through 14 to begin. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is this Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. So they said, The Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go a three days journey into the desert and sacrifice to the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with sword. Then the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people from their work? Go back to your labor. And Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are many now, and you make them rest from their labor. So the same day Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people and their officers, saying, you shall no longer give the people straw to make the bricks as before. Let them go and gather straw for themselves, and you shall lay on them the quota of bricks which they made before. You shall not reduce it, for they are idle. They are crying out, saying, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Let more work be laid on the men, that they may labor in it, and let them not regard these false words. And the taskmasters of the people and their officers went out and spoke to the people, saying, Thus says Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Go get yourselves straw where you can find it, yet none of your work will be reduced." So the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble instead of straw, and the taskmasters forced them to hurry, saying, Fulfill your work, your daily quota, as when there was straw. Also, the officers of the children of Israel, whom Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, were beaten and were asked, Why have you not fulfilled your task in making bricks both yesterday and today as before? Okay, so Moses and Aaron identified God as their Lord, the one that was in charge of them. They went to Pharaoh and said, the God that is in charge of us said that we need to leave. And immediately Pharaoh said, um, I don't know this God. He's not my boss. And so he told them he doesn't have to obey this God. And not only that, but he challenged God's lordship over them. Notice how they come to him and say, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. Well, later he tells the taskmasters, go say to the people, thus says Pharaoh. So he's giving a command to the Hebrews too, but his was in direct contradiction to the Lord. So he's wanting them to believe that he's the boss that they really need to be listening to. And then whenever Aaron and Moses explained that he may not be his boss, but he's their boss and that they feared him, then Pharaoh responded by showing them, no, the one you really need to fear is me. He's putting himself in direct opposition to God, just as we talked about before, how his heart was already hard. And this is just proof of that. And not only is he hardening himself towards the Israelites, but he's placing himself in direct contradiction to God as if he's their master and not the Lord. And so I want to talk just for a minute about what it would have been like to serve each of these masters. Both of them wanted obedience and glory, right? God wanted them to obey, and he wanted his name honored, and so did Pharaoh. Pharaoh wanted them to do what he said and honor him. And then both of them had consequences for not complying. Moses tells Pharaoh that if they don't go, then God's going to punish them. And he proves that he's going to punish them. So they both want obedience and glory, and both of them have consequences if they don't get it. But God, what God wants from the people is he just wants to feast with them. We eat with people that we want to visit with, right? People we want to share our time with. That's something that we do. We say, hey, let's go out to eat just because we want to spend a little time with someone that we like, or we invite them over to dinner. And so God just wanted to spend time with his people. He wanted to have conversation and fellowship. He really just wants a relationship with us. That's what he's saying. I just want to spend some time with my people. And the only effort that was really required on the side of the Hebrews was to sacrifice some of their animals for the feast. And this is because God knows that time with him is going to take sacrifice on our part. But if we're willing to sacrifice in order to spend time with him, then that shows how important he is to us, because we'll gladly sacrifice our time for somebody that we love and enjoy, right? Because they're important to us. So all God wants is to spend some time with his people and the Hebrews just need to sacrifice a little bit in order to get to do that. Pharaoh on the other hand all he wants is for them to work. He wants them busy, he wants them tangibly productive, right? He just wants them doing stuff for him. And so, we know what they wanted the people to do. What did they give to the people in return? What did the people get by serving these masters? Notice that Pharaoh's giving them work, but God is giving them rest. God's also giving them unity. He's making them connected. He wants all of them to be together. He gives them fellowship with himself. They don't get that from Pharaoh. Pharaoh doesn't care about chatting with them at all. And all of the things that God gives to them enable them to serve him. It helps them serve him better just because of the things that he gives. But Pharaoh, on the other hand, he gives nothing but increased burdens. That's all he gives. He says, I'm going to increase your burdens. That's what they get from him. And so then the people are left to fend for themselves, and they still have to meet all of his demands fully. And then notice that it says the people were scattered abroad because they were looking for all of this straw. And so the people are suppressed. They're scattered. They receive nothing good from serving Pharaoh as their master. Now, last question before we move on to the next portion. What keeps them from serving each of those masters? Well, Pharaoh believes that God's keeping them from serving him. He thinks they're distracted because they have too much time on their hands. And if they just work a little bit harder, then they wouldn't have time to pay attention to God and his commands and his words. And so God is the one that is keeping them from doing their work and being able to serve him in the way that he wants. And then the people are being kept from serving God by their work, right? They're in complete contradiction of one another. They can't serve Pharaoh and work as much as he wants and still serve God. And they cannot serve God and work as much as Pharaoh is wanting. And so business was keeping them away from God, keeping them from spending time with God. Or we could even say their busyness, right? Because he just said he wanted them busy. They have too much time on their hands. Get busy they're still getting the same amount of stuff done. So he doesn't care about the work getting done as much as he just wants them busy. Stop spending so much time listening to Moses. If you just were busier, then you wouldn't have time to do that. And so serving other masters was also keeping the people from serving God, right? Whenever they were trying to serve Pharaoh, they could not serve the Lord. And that's because Pharaoh's commands were contrary to God's commands. So each of them were keeping them from serving the other. Okay, let's read a couple more verses. This is 15 through 18. It says, Then the officers of the children of Israel came and cried to Pharaoh, saying, Why are you dealing thus with your servants? There is no straw given to your servants, and they say to us, Make brick, and indeed your servants are beaten, but the fault is in your own people. But he said, You are idle. Idle. Therefore, you say, Let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Therefore, go now and work, for no straw will be given to you, yet you shall deliver the same quota of bricks. So, when they asked Pharaoh why he wasn't giving them the supplies that they needed and then beating them for not making their quota, his response is basically, That's not my problem. You're just lazy. Quit bothering me and figure it out. I'm not giving you any more. So, you figure it out on your own. If you weren't so lazy, this wouldn't be an issue anyway, right? So just like the Hebrews, we have to choose whether to serve God or whether to serve a different master. We can only serve one because all other masters are in direct opposition to God, just like Pharaoh was, The Bible says that we're all a slave to something or someone. So let me read you a couple of verses that confirm these things that I was just telling you. The first one is found in Joshua 24, 14 and 16. This is Joshua talking to the people of Israel, and he says, Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So the people answered and said, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Joshua was presenting them with the same choice as I'm presenting you with today. Who do you want to serve? Do you want to serve God or do you want to serve someone else? Because you got to make a choice. Listen to Matthew six twenty four. This confirms that we do have to make a choice. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So that's pretty clear. You cannot serve two masters. You have to serve either God or something else. That's the only two options. Now listen to Romans 6, 16 to 23. This is talking about us being a slave to something. If we're a slave, then something is our master, right? Listen to this. Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey you are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to repentance. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you have become slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you were presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So we're going to be either a slave to our sin or we're going to be a slave to God, which makes us righteous. Those are the two options. We will either serve our sin and our flesh and what we want and what this world wants, or we will serve God. That's it. Only those two options. And no matter what we choose, there's always going to be distractions, and there's always going to be others competing for our time and our devotion. And so we have to be aware constantly. In the Matthew verse, when it said, You can not serve two masters. After that, it lists one of the masters. It says you can't serve both God and money. And then the Romans verse said we can be a slave to sin. And so money and sin both can be our masters in the place of God. But anything that takes up our time or our energy can be our master. Anything that we think is important enough to sacrifice for or devote ourselves to can be our master. Remember, God wants us to sacrifice for him because that shows that he's important to us. And so if there's something that's important enough for us to sacrifice for, then it could become our master if we let it. Also, anything that has an agenda that's contrary to God's. You know, Pharaoh had an agenda that was contrary to God. And so anything that puts us against him can become our master. Anything that competes with his lordship in our lives. Anything that gives us a different command from him, any of those things can become our master. And then anything that we fear above him can become our master. Moses told him, we fear our God. And he's like, no, you need to fear me. Well, if we fear something more than we fear God, then we'll be compelled to obey that thing. So we have to really be careful. Now, let's take money for an example because it's an easy example. If we're serving money, then most likely it'll be just like whenever the Hebrews were asked to serve Pharaoh. We'll be working too much. We'll be too busy to focus on God and our relationships, right? We'll be worried about all the tangible things that we can see, and we won't be concerned with emotional and spiritual things. And those are really the most valuable, lasting things. And what would we get for our service to work or money? They don't care about our well-being. They don't care about our relationships. Their primary focus is material things. So the whole reason we have work is to get money. And the whole reason we have money is to get things. And so that's their whole focus. Not concerned about relationships. Don't care about your family. Don't care about your friends. Don't even care about your relationship with the people that you work with if it gets in the way of your work. And so service to work and money is only going to leave us lacking for ourselves and lacking for others. And then just like Pharaoh, the demands are going to be too high and our tools are going to be too few, right? Money can't buy us enough things to have good relationships with our family. We're not going to have all the tools that we need for a successful life. And the demands are going to be so high on us because when all you want to do is make money, then all you want to do is work. But we're constantly busy and we never satisfy the goal because it's never enough. And so Pharaoh was doing the same thing. He was asking the people to fulfill an impossible task. And no matter what they did, they weren't going to do it well. Either they were going to miss their quota and that was going to upset Pharaoh Or they were going to make their quota, but then the bricks weren't going to be as strong because they didn't have enough straw to put in them, and they didn't have enough time to find it. So they were never going to satisfy that goal because the expectations were too high. And it's the same if all of our focus is on money and work. We'll never be satisfied because it'll never be enough. Listen to what it says in Ecclesiastes 2.11. Then I looked on all the work that my hands had done and on the labor in which I had toiled. And indeed, it was all vanity and grasping for the wind. There's no profit under the sun. This is Solomon, and he's talking about how he's looked back on his life. And he sees that, you know, all that work didn't really amount to much of anything. It's going to leave us empty. And then we're always going to feel scattered because we're going to be so busy, just like the people having to scatter to look for the straw. We're going to be scattered around trying to get all the things done that we need to do. And we're going to feel suppressed. You know, these people were suppressed by their master, Pharaoh, and we'll feel the same way. We'll feel completely bogged down and incapable of getting anything done that we want to get done. And then we'll stop paying attention to God's word, which remember, that was Pharaoh's whole entire plan. Make them busy so that they stop paying attention to God's word. If our business or our busyness stops us from paying attention to God and obeying his commands and fellowshipping with him. Work does that. Money does that keeps us away from Him. We don't have time to read our Bible. We have to work on Sunday when it's time to go to church. We don't have time to fellowship with other people. We lose track of all the things that God wants us to do because we don't pray. We don't talk to Him. We've got too much to do. All of our busyness makes us stop paying attention to Him. That's what we get for our service to these other masters. Now, what do we get if we serve God? If we make God our master, then we find rest, right? God was giving the people rest. He says, take a break from your work and just come sit and eat with me. God gives us rest. He gives us relationship. That's what he wanted with the people. Just sit down and chat with me. I want a relationship with you. And he does care about our well being, right? Our work doesn't care about us as long as we get the job done, but God does. God cares about our well being and not only does he care about how we are, but he enables us for the service that he has asked us to do. So the demands aren't going to be too high because he's going to give us all the tools that we need. Instead of imposing burdens on us, he takes our burdens away and he works inside of us. So he doesn't say, work, do this, do this, do this. He says, let me take your burdens. Let me do the work for you. You just rest in me. Spend time with me and allow me to work through you. That's completely different, is it not? From what the world says, from what any other master says, come here, give me all your burdens. Just hang out with me and I'll help you with all your work. That is not what it's like with most masters. Listen to Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. This is Jesus talking, and he says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So he says, all I want is for you to come to me. If you are working hard and you are weary, then come to me. I'll give you rest. I will teach you. I will be gentle with you and you will find rest. That is not what any other master does because the emphasis is not on the work. The emphasis is on God. Listen to what it says in Psalm 37, 3 through 7. This is such a beautiful passage. It says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man that brings wicked schemes to pass. So he says, if you will just live with me, Then you can feed on my faithfulness. I will give you what you need. Delight in me and I'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to me and I'll bring it to pass. I will bring forth righteousness and justice. You can find rest in me. Again, just no other master does this. Our focus is just on delighting in him, on fellowshipping with him and learning from him. And then the more time that we spend with him, then the more we begin to exhibit his characteristics, right? That's what it's like when we spend time with a friend. The longer you're with someone, the more you begin to act like them. It's the same with God. The more time we spend with him, the more we exhibit his characteristics. And these characteristics give us the tools that we need to serve him. Listen to what it says in Galatians five sixteen to 26. I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So he's presenting this choice to us right here. He's saying, if you walk in the spirit then you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh because the lusts of the flesh are in complete contradiction to the Spirit. So you have to make a choice. You have to walk in the Spirit or you have to walk in the flesh. And then it tells us what all the works of the flesh are and what the fruit of the Spirit is. So listen to this. The works of flesh are evident which are. Notice he says works. The works of the flesh are evident. These works are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresy, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. But... The fruit of the Spirit, so not the work of the Spirit, we're not doing the work. The Spirit produces these things within us. When we just dwell with the Spirit, then the Spirit produces these things in us. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things, there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So, if we live in the Spirit, then we will produce those things. And those things will enable us to serve God. And then if for any reason we're ever lacking and we need help, we're struggling to meet the mark, whatever it may be, Then unlike Pharaoh, God wants us to ask him for help. You know, when the people went to Pharaoh and said, what do we do? He's like, I don't know. You're on your own. Figure it out. It's not my problem. You're just lazy. Go do what you need to do. God doesn't do that. God wants us to come to him. That's his desire for all of his children. Because again, what does he want? What he cares about is the relationship that he has with his people. That's his primary focus. And so if we're having trouble, then He definitely wants us to come to Him. Listen to what it says in Luke eleven nine to 13. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a serpent instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will you offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? So we're not bothering him. He says, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and I'll open the door. He doesn't leave us to figure it out on our own. He doesn't say, I'm busy. I don't have time for you. We're not on our own. Through Jesus, we have access to the Father. Listen to this verse in Ephesians 2.18. For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Him meaning Jesus. Through Jesus, we have access by one spirit to our Father. If we have access to the Father, then we have access to all the tools that we need. He's our supply closet. We've got everything we need from Him. And so, after we know all of this, knowing what kind of master Pharaoh was to serve, knowing what kind of master work is to serve, money is to serve, all of these other things that we may put ahead of God, knowing what it's like to serve those things, and that they don't care about us, they don't care about our well being, they don't care about our relationships. They leave us lacking. They have too high demands and the tools are too few to enable us. We're never going to please them. They're never going to be satisfied. We're always going to feel scattered and suppressed. Knowing all of that... Why would we allow those things to keep us from paying attention to God and His word, and obeying His commands and fellowshipping with Him, when we know that He is the God that gives us rest and relationship, that cares about us, that enables us for the service, that takes our burdens away and has no focus on work. The focus is all on Him and the work comes. Knowing all of that, is He not our only deserving master? If we have a choice to serve that God or other masters, why in the world will we ever choose something else? Listen to what it says in Exodus 23 through 6. This is part of the Ten Commandments. It says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves any carved image, any likeness of anything that's in heaven above or the earth beneath, and that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation, to those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commands. That's showing again how he is to those that oppose him and how he is to those that love him. He is a jealous God, and he should be because he's the only deserving God there is. He alone deserves our time, our service, our honor, our obedience, our fear, our sacrifice. Only Him. Unfortunately, this is not just a one-time choice. It's going to have to be a constant choice because there's always others trying to distract us and compete with His Lordship for our lives. And so we have to be diligent. We have to continuously remind ourselves we do not want to serve these other masters. They will not help us and constantly remind ourselves of why he is worthy. Satan's always going to try to get us to stop paying attention to God, stop paying attention to his words, stop obeying his commands, stop fellowshipping with him. Since that's Satan's goal, he's going to use these other masters to constantly try to distract us, and we just have to be aware and continuously make the choice to serve God and let him be the master of our lives. So I hope that this encouraged you today. I hope that it reminded you of all that God is and all that he can give to you if you only serve him. Just make a little bit of sacrifice and then how useless it is to serve other things. I hope that it's encouraged you with that today. Okay, so we're going to end there today. We'll pick up next week with Moses' response to Pharaoh. So make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss that episode. Leave me a five-star review that helps get the word out a little bit better. Also, leave me comments wherever you're listening. And you can also email me, Courtney, at livethroughjesus.com. Thanks and have a good day.